Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochelprano. Hello, Andy. Good afternoon. Is that a backwards Reds hat you're wearing? It is. You got your Reds hat. I got my Mets hat. Football's winding down. Baseball normally around the corner. I don't think we'll be wearing these hats in support of our teams until 4th of July. I haven't even paid attention. What's Baseball. the latest? There is no latest. Max Scherzer, who is, you know, obviously on my team now, is uh, one of the voices of the players, uh, you know, head of the Players Association. And he's basically saying, we have nothing to talk about anymore. We have, we have made a uh, offer to the owners that's fair to everyone, and they're not budging. So, Fuck them. So no baseball. Again, it goes back to hope the Super Bowl goes to 14 overtimes. But it goes back to our point of just no one caring, like no one even talking about it. This is a sports show twice a week. I hadn't even looked. I hadn't even looked like you're, you're deep in Bengals, you know. You're you're deep in the in the Bengals news cycle. Well, yeah, I mean, I live in Cincinnati. I, I, I've been I've been deep in that, but I mean, no one's even talking about it. Like, no, like I'm just saying, if if there is a lockout going on in the NBA, let's always use the big three. If there was a lockout going on right now in the NBA, or especially NFL. Everybody be talking about it. Well, I mean, I think it's also an off season thing. You know, people don't, it's, it's not a, it doesn't become real to people until it starts affecting games. Also, we're in the thick of, I mean, we're in playoff Super Bowl NFL run here. So sports fans are a bit distracted. Yeah. Which, which uh, I'm we- like, I'm like, baseball still doesn't have an agreement to come back for opening day. And you're like, the Bengals are still practicing outside. I mean, it's pretty bad, dude. Um, I have gotten a couple of people reach out to me, though. Apparently, the practicing in the stadium thing that I heard you, com- you know, you complained about on our show. And then I also heard you complain about. When you made an appearance on the Maddie Goldberg podcast, which was full of Andy Ruther revelations, as has been talked about on Reddit and via our text messages. Uh, but a couple of people have reached out to me and said, uh, kind of standard playoff time uh, decision to do that because you can pump in crowd noise through your stadium's uh, speaker system as opposed to on your practice fields. Well, I, I figured that I, I was more of making a comment of just the whole situation, which I had to share with you and, and Randy Ruther last week, since the Bengals will be playing mostly indoors, 
they had to use an indoor practice facility, which again, for the last four years, they have used university of Cincinnati and we got hit with a big snow slash ice storm last week. So the Bengals have to load up a bus with their players and then go again to the local university. Embarrassing. This isn't Pittsburgh because they always want to bring up Pittsburgh. By the way, the Steelers share a whole facility that was built for Pitt and them. It's not that. It's not a whole facility that was built to share where the two the university and the team are right next to each other and they share. It. This is University of Cincinnati again, a college. If I just want to keep reiterating that, saying to the professional team, "Hey, you guys can use our facility." Anyway, the Bengals bus got stuck in the snow. I'm not making this up on the way to practice at the local college. So think about that. The Bengals, as I've been wrong all year, I'm ready to admit it. I've been admitting it. Prove me wrong. Super Bowl bound Cincinnati Bengals got stuck in the snow on their way to practice. This sounds like something that would happen to a high school, Joe. Yeah. And we were texting about it, and I said, this has got to be a wake-up call for the Joe Burrows and the Jamar Chases of the world who were taking private jets full of hookers slash boosters daughters to Chick-fil-A when they were at LSU. They were taking uh, you know, limousines with uh, hot tubs in the roof to get some fucking Bojangles. And now they are Flintstoning a bus <laughs> across Cincinnati as they prepare for the Super Bowl. Like the, yeah. to me, to me, that's the best part of all. It's like it's not a regular season game. They're preparing for the biggest game of their lives. I do love reading the comments of because you and I always talk about Homer fans or fans that will defend everything. And I, I loved reading some of the comments underneath the story because I saw this in the local Cincinnati paper and multiple comments were like, why should they get an order practice facility? It, it's only like a few times a year or a few weeks a year they need it. And I'm thinking, guys, like I told you and I looked it up, what is Mike Brown's net worth? It's $925 million dollars. It's I, I, it also just kind of screams bad businessman because yes. ev everywhere else just gets somebody to pay for it. Yeah. And I'm not I mean, we're not talking about the multi-billion dollar stadiums that you have to get, you know, grants for and you pay, get pay with taxpayer money. I mean, most of the places, most teams are like, hey, uh, Skyline, we're going to do the Skyline Chili yes. Practice Center at cincinnati field or whatever sure. why don't you just throw us a couple million dollars for it and whatever like every place every good businessman is like we can at least offset the cost of this kind of thing seems like this super Bowl run if they don't do it after this it almost seems like what are you doing because I, I mean i know there's a lot of complaints about how cheap the guy is and all this and this run you off as a fan this seems like a real easy one yeah to solve considering it's the one everybody points to because it's so easy to do. Yeah, you're right. I, I feel like you dig. I feel like if you dive deep on, on other football teams, you're like, Oh, some teams have this. Some teams have this, this team has this, this one doesn't, but like everybody has a practice facility. It seems dumb not to just be like, Hey, if I just build one of those, I don't have to deal with these, this thing all the time. Well, it's people like me. You can shut up. You can shut up idiots like me 
instantly by building an indoor practice facility. And I don't know, I'm guessing somewhere in the 30 to $50 million range, you could get a state-of-the-art indoor practice facility. I could be off, but I'm thinking that small amount. And again, he's, he's according to what I looked up, he's the second poorest owner because those guys are all billionaires. Number one would be uh, Mark Davis of the Raiders. But think about that. The second poorest owner has an estimated net value of 900. Mark Davis is the poorest owner? Yes, estimated. But again, those guys are still almost billionaires. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I, I teased this last week. This is kind of a good segue to play, you know, because Thursday we're going to go into the prop bets and the whole preview for the game. But I, I really wanted to put it out there, like where I was at and where I've kind of dug into the ground and the influence that my father had on me with giving up on the team. And four years ago, he did a, a nice little bit on the podcast rehashing going to the freezer bowl, the 1982 AFC championship between the chargers and Bengals, which is still on record for the coldest windshield game in NFL history. So my dad recapped that. And in that, as I re-listened to it, he talks about like why he could never go back and what Mike Brown did to him and ruined his experience. So I figured I'd play this. It's only three minutes. And I think this will get perspective to new listeners, old listeners, but I think it's kind of interesting and it coincides with uh, what we're saying about the indoor practice facility and the team getting stuck in the snow on the way to practice last week. And of course the Bengals again were fun then. That was a fun team. So uh, I wouldn't even, you couldn't pay me to go to a Bengals game now. If I, what if I gave you, if I said, here's $200 cash, would you do it? No, would not go there. $500 cash. No. You do it for $500 cash, Dad. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd take the money and not go, and you wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> when did you stop rooting for him? Basically, when uh, Paul Brown took over? Yeah, when, when Paul Brown died, or I'm sorry, when, when, Mike, when Mike Brown took over. I mean, yeah. he's just a disaster. He's an idiot. He, well, he just doesn't, he doesn't care about winning. Yeah. Because I remember, I remember the uh, my first Bengals memory is actually the second 49ers Super Bowl. I remember we went to some friends' house. I remember there was a Super Bowl party. Right, and I, I made all those helmets with the, uh, the Bengal stripes on them. Yeah, you made all that stuff. And I was in the first grade. And you know what I remember? I remember, you know, I don't, you know, first grade, you don't understand football. But I remember how quiet the car ride home was because Montana had just led that you know, incredible comeback. That was, that was probably the, the, one of the last memories for you as far as caring about the team, right? Or you cared for a couple more years. Yeah, I went to a few other games, really. We had a friend that had season tickets, and he had them for years, and nobody would go with him. Uh, and out of, you know, pity, I went to hit with him a few times to the Bengals games. His wife wouldn't go. Nobody would go, so he'd go by himself a lot of times. That's depressing. Yeah. So it had, you know, it, well, one of my memories of those games was he had tickets in the end zone, and the Bengals are losing, of course. One of the pa uh, patrons put up a big, a group of guys put up a big sheet criticizing Mike Brown. So Mike Brown's Gestapo threw them all out, and at the top of the lungs, 
the last 30,000 that were in the stadium uh, yelled out, Mike Brown sucks. Everybody was yelling, Mike Brown sucks as, as loud as they could. So and there was, at one time, there was a website, Mike, Spra- Mike Brown sucks.com. <laughs> and the Bengals basically sued him to take it down. And I think the NFL had something to do with it also. Wow. I didn't know about that. Yeah. So it's Mike Brown is the type of guy. We had a high school team uh, in the stadium when there was grass on the stadium. Uh, the high school was playing a game. It's a St. X game. It was, it was a St. X game. And then. Mike Brown would not let the band on the field at halftime because it would mess up mess up the uh, this turf. It's unreal. And then, basically, a few years later, he made the county of of uh, Hamilton County, Ohio, pay to put down astroturf and get rid of the uh, grass. So it was your taxpayer dollars, right? I mean, that's that's kind of a little insight and a couple. I like a couple of those stories about him not letting the band onto the field. And I do remember the Mike Brown sucks dot com and him suing. I mean, suing, man. And like my dad's probably right. The NFL probably obviously had his back. The big takeaway from that is your dad's friend that couldn't get anybody to go to the game. Can we match him up? Can we get his phone number so we can connect him with Randy (laughs) Ruther? Randy will fly to Cincinnati and be Walt's old friend's new friend. That's hilarious. Actually, you want to hear something funny? My dad was on him every year. Just give up these tickets. Just give up these tickets. You can't get people to go. He had two tickets. Like, I'm saying, like, you know, going back to probably like the 70s. He finally gives them up. And that's when they, no, that's when they started like making the playoffs with Marvin Lewis. Like, 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 they didn't win playoff games, but the Palmer teams, a lot of them were exciting with, you know, with Ocho Cinco and Hushman's Like they had fun teams. Yeah. And he gave them up when they started winning again. So maybe my dad is the OG Ruther curse. I don't know. But like that, that, that that's kind of the insight, you, you know, that, that's why I think it's been tough for me. And I know people can reconcile that. I just can't, man. I just can't. I wonder if there's conflicted fans. I'd be curious if there's conflicted fans like me who just don't want. My one brother put it best. He goes, I want the Bengals to win a Super Bowl. And I just wish Mike Brown wasn't alive to see it. And I know that sounds kind of harsh. Yeah. But I, I, I get that sentiment. Who, know, who knows? Prano? It, it might be. It might be one of those things. He's 86. It might be one of those things when he passes away that they will change things around, which I'm all for, right? Like, like his kids might suddenly say, Hey, we're getting an indoor practice facility. We're putting an Anthony Munoz statue outside the stadium. We're doing this, you know, you could only hope. Yeah. I mean, a Super Bowl appearance, you know, I mean, a Super Bowl win possibly on the horizon, you know, Maybe it's winning multiple playoff games and seeing the revenue that comes with that. It's like, hey, you know, maybe maybe being good is worth it. Yeah. No, you're right. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's it is been it, it. I will say it's been interesting to see the whole town is just you can imagine, just overtaken by Bengals fever. Yeah. 
Yeah, there are like what's what's the what's Cincinnati's thing? I know there's the guy who's chugging Skyline Chili. I mean, he has not stopped. There's I, I saw that tweet th- today. This guy will not stop. Oh, for real? I haven't seen Skyline this. Chili. Now you know when the Lakers make a run, Lakers flags are always a huge thing. L.A. such a driving town. They love their car flags, which I always thought was one of the dumbest things ever. But it's like it's very much an L.A. thing. Um, what is it? You know, the flags outside houses. Yeah. Pe- yeah. People I, out, people in when when uh, the San Francisco Giants were good. I mean, you know, I'm wearing my Mets hat. And, and if you're in New York, uh, the Yankee hat and the Mets hat is kind of a staple. Yankees more so than Mets. But like I almost think in New York, Yankees hats are almost a fashion statement as much as they are, uh, you know, supporting the team. When, when the San Francisco Giants were good and I would go up there to do comedy shows. I mean, everybody had a San Francisco Giants hat on. I was like, wow, this is you, you see crazy support in the streets for the team. What what is this Cincinnati thing? Flags on houses? Yeah. Well, I noticed that even midway through the season when I go for my runs, the flags on the houses, the the winter, you know, because it's so cold here, like the winter hats more mm-hmm. bangles. I'd say majority are, are rocking that the hats, the flags, all the like. In my local area, just all the businesses, they're not even advertising for their stuff. For, since playoffs, it's like, who day, go Bengals. Yeah. It's this is our time. You know, like, why not us? They're taking quotes from the Bengals players. So all the local businesses are hopping on board, which I, I do have to laugh at again. You know, the, the owner was awful for your business the last 30 years. But I understand it, they're trying to capitalize themselves. Do you know anybody that's coming to California? I do. I know multiple people, multiple friends of mine. Multiple friends of mine are going. It's exciting. Yeah. So we'll see. You know, I've gone back and forth with how I feel this game is going to play out. I have that thousand dollar. If they win, I lose. My brother has that same thing. We went sledding yesterday with some of the kids in our family and he, he, he's going to hedge, man. He's worried. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to go to the local Indiana casino. I think I'm going to hedge. I said, I'm not. So you're a huge Rams fan this Sunday. Oh yeah. Well, I'll be there rooting for you, Andy. I, dude, you told me yesterday. I'll be, I'll be at the Super Bowl, My first ever Super Bowl, 42 years on earth. I've never been to a Super Bowl. That's I exciting. Got an, I got an invite to a couple through the years. Um, the first one I ever got like a legit invite to crazily enough was the, um, was the giants, uh, Patriots second Super Bowl, And I was like, man, we won that 18 and you know, the 18 and O season seemed destiny. Uh, I feel like flying to Indianapolis of all places to watch them potentially lose this one. Won't, like I was like, if this game was in Miami, I'd be there. If this game was in Pasadena. I'd be there. Uh, but Indianapolis, I didn't go. Obviously one of the great regrets. Um, I got invited to the Broncos Panthers Super Bowl. That one was a, uh, sort of a, I can get you cheap tickets offer. And I was like, I don't even cheap tickets. Like I was like, I don't really want to see Panthers Broncos in person. Um, so I watched that one. I was in San Francisco. That's why I got the invite to that one. And now finally 
it's this is the first time the Super Bowl has been in the city that I live in because obviously I'd, I've only been in New York and L.A. Um, it, it had never been in New York until after I moved to L.A. And now it's in L.A. for the first time since I've been here. Here we are going to the Super Bowl. That's awesome. Yeah. Should be fun. So follow me on Instagram at Joe Prano. We'll try to post some Super Bowl content. What outside the game? are you most excited about for the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, the halftime show is going to be dope. You know, um, I was joking with my friend that uh, invited me. We were talking about how exciting the this halftime show of all the, you know, we're, I get to go to a year. It's not Katy Perry or Maroon 5. I mean, you get, I get hip hop artists. I was like, I don't know about for coaching, but the Rooney rule is awesome for halftime shows. I mean, this is, this is perfect. This is exactly like, yeah. you know, if it, uh, if I, if I was in a New York Super Bowl and they were doing East Coast rappers, I'd be, you know, maybe a little bit more excited, but like Dre, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, that's, it's, it's going to be pretty fun. I'm glad it's not, you know, I'm glad I'm not at a Shakira Super Bowl or a well, Gaga Super Bowl or something like that. I, th- I think even just seeing how they set up, I think that would be fun to see live, how they yeah. go from the game to then setting everything up because I've never been a Super Bowl either and seeing how they do all that and then break it all down. The amount of people, I, I don't think, I think we, we lose track of that. The amount of people it takes and how well these things are run. I'm now concerned with like, what do I wear to the Super Bowl? You know, I'm going to be in a, uh, I'm going to be in like a box, a sweet situation. So it's like, you don't go in, you know, jeans. I was like, Oh, maybe I class it up. But like, I go like, jersey under maybe i get a odell jersey for underneath my jacket i was gonna say are you doing anything rams well here's the thing you know i'm not a rams fan but i am i'm, I'm rooting for the rams sure i'm not a, but i'm not a rams fan i'm like a half of half of him i'm forever a giants fan you know although the odell thing has pulled me a thing pulled me along and i was like oh maybe this is the time like i was saying if they re-sign odell i'll get an odell jersey um maybe i go odell merch because i'm going to the super bowl but then i was like you know uh the people that i'm i'll be with don't want to see odell gear <laughs> if you know what i mean i know what you mean that's a good point <laughs> they're they're not interested in seeing me hype odell the whole day sure so i will probably not be doing so that. you're not going to go full cock you're not going to be wearing a uh, a raiders jersey and a raiders hat no no I'm not gonna be wearing a raiders jersey and a raiders hat I'm not gonna be wearing giant stuff I'm just going to go, you know what, you know, you know, what's, you know, what's kind of been my uh, fashion lighthouse as I've been thinking about it is just the Manning cast. These guys love like the button down with the, with the quarter zip over it just seems, this seems like, uh, you know, standard, uh, sweet life fashion. It's like, uh, get a, get yourself a button down, throw a quarter zip over it. You know, get a pair of khakis. (laughs) I don't think I can do that. It's, It's a little too. It's a little too prep dork for me, but we'll see. Sure, I would love to see how many Raiders jerseys are at the Super Bowl, especially with the game being in LA. Yeah. Like, what would you set if we were going to set a line for over under tickets are not cheap, as we know. Where would you set the line? Let's say there's what, roughly 68,000, maybe almost 70,000 people there. What's the over under for fans and Raiders jerseys at the Super Bowl? It's got to be. It's got to be 
3,000. It's got to be 5% of the stadium, right? You're gonna, wow. You're going to say that high. Maybe 2,500. The fool. whole place. Yeah, one a section. If you're going to the Super Bowl, and probably nobody really is, I would love to see some pictures of Raiders fans in, in attendance. That'd be fun. Well, you know what? You know what day is after the Super Bowl, Joe? Do you know? It's uh, Valentine's Day. It is. Yeah. Valentine's Day is after the Super Bowl. And Valentine's Day, I think, is the perfect day to get your significant other some Harry's razors, right? Oh, okay. Right. That's where I'm going with this because. Sure. sure. You know, Val, you're always thinking, hey, what do I get? Especially if you're a lady looking to get something for your man. It's a new year. 2022 is the year to break up with these old routines. By old routines, I mean bad razors. And here's the thing. If you're a man out there, a Harry, getting yourself some Harry's razors is also a gift to your significant other. Yeah. Treat yourself or any of the shavers in your life with the gift of looking sharp this Valentine's Day. New customers can redeem a Harry's trial set for just $3 when you go to harrys.com forward slash dirty sports. Harry's delivers a close, comfortable shave at a fair price, still as low as $2 per blade. And I'll tell you what, look, look at my face. You didn't even make a comment. No one has commented on my face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The beard is gone. I had three months of a beard. Now People always I go, you look five years younger you look 25 years younger yeah you had the, yeah though graying beard now mm -hmm. you've gone to baby face ruther again i know i i've been told that that i look a lot younger so dirt balls new harry's customers can redeem a starter set you get a five blade razor a weighted handle foaming shave gel with aloe and a travel cover to protect your blades when you're on the go that's a 13 dollar value for just three dollars there's truly never, be, never been a better time to try Harry's. Go to harrys.com forward slash dirty sports to try Harry's today. Once again, guys, check this out right now. Harry's.com forward slash dirty sports. Well, you did allude to it and, and we're talking about my fresh shave. My girlfriend had never seen me without a beard. We didn't even, the, the dirty sports fans right now are just shaking. No one even knew about this girlfriend. We, I feel like you, you've dipped into your personal life on the show many a times. I have. And the first mention of a girlfriend comes on the sports hole with Maddie Goldberg. And I was like, wait, did I just hear that right? And then I texted you, you confirmed. And then later in the day, I was on Reddit and I saw there was a whole thread. Like, how dare Andy slip this into some other podcast? Have you been hiding it from the dirt balls because, you know, it was a new relationship and, you know, they're going to like hunt for who she is and all that stuff? Yeah, I'm just I think I think I think I've, I've been a little more private. I think that it's obvious. I think I've been a little more private in the last, uh, I don't know, year and a half since I moved back. I You know, I haven't really posted much on Instagram. I'm way less involved with Twitter yeah, you know, I I just uh, you're not live tweeting your first dates. Anymore. No, no, I'm not doing any of that. Those shenanigans anymore. I, I kept it low key. So uh, 
yeah, I, I got a, I got a, I got a lady now and we actually hunkered down this weekend with this, with the snow and the ice. She, she got a cute little dog that I was playing with in the snow. So we, uh, the three of us, we were doing it up. So now is she a Cincinnati native? Is she from Cincy? Yeah. She's from Northern Kentucky. So is she a big Bengals fan? Well, to troll me, she brought over a Bengals jersey to put on her dog this weekend. Wow. Yeah. Just to mess with me. Was it especially, did it mess with you? Was it a Andy Dalton throwback? No. <laughs> jersey? <laughs> I can post the video. It's pretty funny. I was, I was getting a dog. I, w- I would say stuff like bark if you hate the Bengals," and I could get him to bark. And uh, cause he did, he did like the Jersey was covering his legs. Like he didn't, he, he didn't want to wear it. So he would bark easily, but uh, yeah, she, she, you know, she, she's from here. She, she roots for him, but I, she doesn't want to see me lose a thousand dollars. So I, I don't think she'll, uh, she'll be rooting for him, but yeah, she's a, she's a, she's a local and uh, but you know, Northern Kentucky, she, she's the type of person who growing up, I was always probably, judge like kentucky and even though it's literally cincinnati now that i'm older and not stupid but yeah i want you to know as a new yorker turned la like i if you made if you put a gun to my head and said you have to live in kentucky or ohio i would take kentucky a hundred times out of a hundred yeah a lot of great things going on in kentucky sure The, the you know the kentucky derby the bourbon trail i mean i know northern kentucky is like outer ohio but still you know, you can you can at least lay claim to some fun things in the state. Louisville bats, you know, Louisville sluggers. Um, Ohio, I mean, I guess Joe Burrow went to college there. And. Uh, uh, yeah, Joe Burrow went to college there. That's all we got, huh? And and uh, Chris Collinsworth, you can see his house across the river. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, that's that's a Kentucky representative uh, right oh there. you got that you got that amusement park you like king's island which, king's which island. now now that we're divulging some personal stuff i did get her a king's island pass for christmas wow you have turned into a real midwestern you are aaron maharis now you and your significant other have season passes to your favorite amusement park oh yeah and it was discussed sledding yesterday with you, uh, you and maharis should do like a a you know, a trade, like a trade swap. Like he comes to visit your amusement park with his significant other. You come visit his amusement park with your significant other. I'd be down. In fact, I, you know, now that my little brother and his family had a pass last year, they're renewing my other brother and his family. I think I'm going to buy my twin nephew and nieces season passes. Like I, I just like, we got to just get the whole family on board, you know, 2022, the year of Kings Island. At this point. And in classic Cincinnati, Kings Island, no indoor winter facility. Just like they don't give a shit enough. They're not trying in the off season. It's a good point. They? they do have Winterfest, though. You can go ice skating. I, I do want to bring this up briefly. I'm glad you brought it back to sports because he works hard. Got, shout out to Tyler Hawkins, who, who does some great stuff. He... he has an ongoing Google Drive, you know, for me to look at stuff for the show. And we've talked a lot about Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor comes from the Sean McVay coaching tree, as we all know. Listen to this. Joe Burrow versus Matt Stafford are almost identical in the percent of 
dropbacks versus play action versus RPO. So it basically looks like, judging from this graph that Tyler put together, Zach Taylor is just really running the same offense as far as play selection with Burrow. So this year, Stafford has had 76% dropback. Burrow's had 82. Play action, Stafford's had 20%. Burrow, 15%. And both have had 4% RPO. So very similar, Joe. Yeah. How they're running their offense. Play, and play call strategy. Very similar play call strategy. And something else he wanted to point out, which I'll mention, and again, we'll go farther into this next episode, but uh, Jalen Ramsey, you know, you'll talk about how he's a lockdown corner and everybody says that. He's been targeted the 12th most times this season among all secondary players. And he's given up more yards than Eli Apple. There's a surprising stat for you. Yeah. I mean, you you also have, you know, I think there's a lot of factors there, but for sure, I think what that shows, like, I mean, listen, Jalen Ramsey is a great corner, but there was a moment there where everybody was acting as if he was, you know, Ramsey Island or whatever like that. And, and to be honest, he's never really been that guy. Um, so there's that, but also, I mean, you look in their division, you know, you look at Seahawks, Cardinals, Niners going up against a little bit more uh, high powered throwing offenses than, you know, Browns, Ravens, Steelers. Sure. Um, but I mean, yeah, Eli Apple also not Eli Apple, not their top guy, right? Not, not covering the number one on the other side of the field all that often. Correct. Um, but yeah, you don't want to, be, it's not something you want to be mentioned in. If you're a uh, elite lock there, there was never a time where they were like, you know, Darrell Revis has given up more yards this year than Aaron Ross. They are really evenly matched though. Statistical wise, like points per game, both points scored. I'm sorry. Game both 27.1 points allowed Bengals 22.1 Rams 21.9 takeaway difference. The Rams are plus two. The Bengals are at zero. I mean, it is eerily close offensively and defensively how the Bengals and the Rams line up heading into this game. And like we said, we're going to talk prop bets. We're going to talk MVP bets, first TDs, all that stuff that we always do in a Super Bowl preview preview show on Thursday. But I'm already, I mean, first of all, I already have my Odell MVP bet locked in because fuck it. Like once, I was trying to bet that when he got traded to the Rams and they didn't have that lineup yet. Uh, I would have loved to get it at 200 to one or 5,000 to one or whatever at that time. But uh, I've got that locked in for, you know, my own purposes, but I, I got to say in a game where they're so evenly matched, I'm looking at, you know, where the one real, you know, significant uh, difference is. And I'm, I'm, I'm sniffing around that Aaron Donald MVP, prop because obviously their defensive line is so strong the offensive line of the Bengals weak games tend to be uh, a little bit lower scoring in Super Bowls and you know it just feels like one of those games with two quarterbacks who could put up significant numbers and it'll be like okay the winner of this game could be 
uh, it could be the go to their Super Bowl winning quarterback, as tends to happen, but also in a game where the difference could be a big sack or a big strip sack or a big fumble, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm that that Aaron Donald MVP prop is is looking good. I like it. Do you think there's a possibility this game could head in the same way last year's game did by any chance? Uh, you're saying in just a dominating defensive line performance and Joe yeah, Burrow. Yeah. What, I, what I'm saying is like, if you look and I went and I looked back last night, cause I was curious, I mean, the chiefs were never in that game and he was only sacked three times, but he was running for his life. Tampa was the home team playing in, you know, I'm sorry, it's playing in their home stadium. The Rams are playing in their home stadium. I, I'm just saying like, do you think it could get to the point where it's like, okay, we're going to chase him around so much and we do have a good secondary and the Bucks had a good secondary. I, I, I don't know. Like overall minus that one quarter. I mean, Joe, realistically, if you take away that one quarter against the Bucks or quarter and a half when they came back, the Rams D has been pretty locked down this postseason. Yeah. Well, I'll say this, Andy, and you're going to hate to hear it, but the reason I don't think it could be like that game overall is because I think we could potentially see that kind of start of a game. <sighs> I just think this your your guy Taylor has shown the ability to make an adjustment one way or the other at halftime. And Andy Reid, for all his coaching genius and you know, offensive play calling through the years, not Mr. Adjustment, certainly not Mr. You know, late game strategy. It just seems like that game got away from them and Andy Reid, you know, was already thinking about Hawaiian shirts and, and poolside cheeseburger platters. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I could see that happening. I could see it being that style of game. Uh, but I just I like your uh, Cincinnati team's ability to make an adjustment to at least get it to the point where it's like, OK, we're going to this is going to be a ball game. And I've talked about it throughout these playoffs. The money that I've made on this playoffs so far, the majority of it, in, in addition to betting heavily on that Niners to beat the Cowboys. And then um, my next week was, I forget who my next, the next week, oh, the Rams to beat the Bucks, um, has been the, has been betting these games to be close. Yeah. I've, been picking, I've been picking winners and taking this one to six point winning differential bracket for like three to four to one. It just seems to me like the idea that this is going to be a 10 point game seems seems crazier to me. Like I would be less surprised by a two overtime game than I would a 20 point victory for somebody, you know, like I just feel like it's going to be relatively close yeah aren't those the games that always trick us though yeah but i mean i'm just 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 the way this season's played out i mean you you tend to the ride the trends i don't remember another year where we had overtime game after overtime game where we had an entire weekend decided by field goals where we had whatever it just seems like the parody at this point is you know perfection i mean you think about think about like you know, the, the Chargers uh, Raiders game at the end of the year, and then the Raiders kind of giving the Bengals a game to open the thing. And now the, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. It's like, 
we're not that far removed. Like it's not out of the realm of possibilities. If you look how all this was that like, this is a Rams Chargers Super Bowl. You know what I mean? And like, it's, it's just crazy to me how much parody there's been. When you look at the teams in that, that made the playoffs, like I, I think we all agree the Eagles didn't really have a chance. I made a lot of money because I thought the Cowboys were also paper tigers. Um, but if you look around the league, I mean, what, where else were there like major blowouts? No, you're right. It's, it's been a league or I'm sorry. It's been a season where the league that is hundred percent. I forget who the chiefs play week uh, for the, the, in the wild card weekend, whoever they, they kicked the Steelers, shit out of the Steelers, right. Another team that was like kind of doesn't belong here. Otherwise, I feel like besides those three teams, um, you know, and the Patriots getting their ass kicked, I think Buffalo had a perfect game that day. But three and a half, four teams, um, I feel like this could be anybody's Super Bowl. Yeah. No, no, I agree. I'm I'm just kind of tossing out questions, playing a little devil's advocate. Yeah. As I, you know, get ready for this game. Well, you just mentioned the Eagles. We got to talk about their former head coach back in the NFL. I knew you'd love this. Doug Peterson. So the Jags went from Urban Meyer, which we all saw was going to be a debacle, to Doug Peterson, which ended in a debacle in Philly. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't I don't really have a like super strong feelings on this. I mean, the guy obviously has a Super Bowl on his resume. Um, the idea that he, we, we do, we've seen in the NFL, so many retreads of head coaches. I mean, it looks like Lovey Smith is going to get the, uh, Texans job. It's unbelievable. Um, you know, and that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that's like a horrible decision or anything, but I'm just saying we have seen retreads and the justification for these retreads a million times. So if you're going to retread, I would at least retread with a guy who's won a Super Bowl. Um, that being said, I think the, Jaguars, if you look at the season they've had this year, uh, they're probably a team now that we know there are coaches out there that are incentivizing losing so that you can have better draft picks. This is a doubly good hire because I don't even think you have to pay uh, Doug Peterson extra to lose. I, I think he'll pay you a little bit extra so he can lose games on purpose. The dude loves losing games on purpose. So a perfect fit for a Jaguars team with a young quarterback. Uh, that maybe needs to lose for a couple more years to reload around him, bring in a guy who has Super Bowl on his resume and losing games on purpose on his resume. Honestly, almost a perfect fit for the Jaguars. Yeah. I I, I just, you know, I'm not a fan of retreads. We've talked about this and and nothing against some of these guys, nothing against a, a Peterson or a Lovey Smith. And I think, I think when, when we have these discussions, especially – about coaches and giving new coaches an opportunity and obviously the the lawsuit that Brian Flores filed it's it's just like to me that is a lot of the problem is is the retreads and like Lovey Smith that one shocks me I mean I mean let's not forget like he went back to college and he really wasn't that successful he went back to Illinois yeah as their head coach. And I think he was a really good coordinator. And obviously Lovey Smith went to a Super Bowl with the Bears. But I don't know. It's it's uh some of these are kind of head scratchers. I think the Doug Peterson one kind of is too. Josh McDaniels and the Raiders, I see more, I understand it a little more. 
Then we have the Dolphins hiring the offensive coordinator from San Francisco, Mike McDaniel. Not related to Josh McDaniels, as we know, because Josh McDaniels' father is not of African descent, which is now the... uh, I mean, this is a remarkable story. This is like Mike DeRico being Italian. I mean, I don't, there's no evidence of, uh, like, I've, no, I've seen the stories about it. There's no Mike McDaniel father photo on the internet. Um, but it's, it's definitely got some, uh, what's my dude who blocked me on the internet for calling him, uh, blocked me on Twitter for calling him Sean Paul. Oh, it's uh, got, uh, it's got total vibes of uh, God. Why am I forgetting his name too? Yeah, it's got uh, Sean uh, King. Sean King. Yeah, it's got Sean King vibes for but sure. Also, it's like this is this is the problem with the the Rooney Rule and like the whole thing. Like all this stuff. It's now we're getting into conversations about you know. Is this guy who cares? Oh, he considers himself multiracial or biracial or whatever. And so now they technically have a minority head coach, which gets them like, you know, it's it's just crazy. Like the the whole it, it seems like it's defeating the whole purpose of this. This is the this is well, the second time this season that we've now seen this thing fail in the way that this is supposed to work. So now the giants, whether or not, you know, you believe uh, what they said, or if you believe what Flores said, I mean, I believe, I kind of believe everybody involved. It seems like they had their guy picked, but they're going to do their due diligence and, and interview everybody else anyway, just because they have a favorite doesn't mean that that's locked in, you know? Um, But essentially maybe you've, interviewed a guy who you're probably not going to hire. And now you're hiring a guy. Does this, is is any part of this because they're like, Oh, well this checks a box for us. It seems so dumb. Well, I think also, like, why is it coming up? Like, why do you know? Well, this, this, is why, this is what I was going to say. This is why it's coming up. When Adam Schefter tweets out something like this, new dolphins head coach, Mike McDaniel and the, uh, the wording. I mean, he is really, trying to get this thing to take off and open this discussion by wording it. New Dolphins head coach, Mike McDaniel, who identifies as multiracial now joins Mike Tomlin, Ron Rivera, and Robert Sala as the NFL's only minority head coaches. Think about that, Joe. If Adam Schefter knows what he's doing, and I think he's a bot, and so do you. We I mean, I, I think, I also think, you know, the, the, the crazy thing so far that, and Schefter, I don't know if he tweeted this morning, but just like out of the gate, the decisions to have Sean King and Rachel Dolezal as his coordinators seems like they're pushing this narrative a little too far. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, though, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, they're like, you hired Sean King as your offense coordinator, former Tampa Bay quarterback. He's like, absolutely not. Different Sean King. That Sean King is black. <laughs> this Sean King identifies as black who identifies as multiracial Schefter is totally stirring the pot with that tweet 
And you're right. I don't really care. I mean, if he's a good coach, he's a good coach. We don't know. We'll see. A lot of people have said a lot of good things about what he had done in San Francisco. At this point, I'm confused. I don't know anymore, Joe. I don't know anymore when you have a guy who was in San Francisco and also Shanahan. Like, I, 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 I'm confused when, when you haven't, you know what I'm saying? Like, so Shanahan's calling the plays, but is this guy such an integral part of it? That why he's getting a job? I don't, I don't know anymore. We, we see the same thing in Kansas City with Biennemi. Well, it seems like in addition to identifying as multiracial, a big selling point was, yeah, San Francisco's success offensively and San, and his, his apparent outspoken uh, love of Tua. They wanted, you know, Flores didn't like Tua. The, the, he, he leads them to multiple winning seasons, consecutive winning seasons for the first time in 20 years or whatever, but he doesn't like their quarterback. We've, we've talked about it before on the show, quarterback, GM, head coach. Those are the big three, most important three. Like, you, you know, the offensive line, obviously important defensive line, important, but like you need, an, you need two of the three of those to be good and be on the same page and be whatever. Flores didn't like Tua. He's out despite his success. And uh, a guy who loves Tua is in. So the GM and the quarterback were on the same page. You know, they both like Tua. And now they needed to bring in a coach that likes Tua too. So there's two openings right now, Minnesota and New Orleans. Which are both very interesting jobs, I would say. Well, New Orleans is kind of a New Orleans seems like the perfect job for a retread. It seems like somebody who's like, Hey, I'm going to have one last hurrah as a head coach because they have, they're in cap, you know, nightmare land. Uh, so it's going to be a tough, that's going to be a tough job to go and win. Yeah. Um, but you also have a Panthers without a quarterback. You have a, uh, Falcons who are just like, you know, annually disappointing with an aging quarterback. We've got Tom Brady retiring from the Bucks. So it's uh, as far as divisions go, it's one that's very up in the air, but it just seems like a, like, it seems like a real tough task to take on that job. If you've got other options, um, Minnesota, we all know what I think about the Minnesota situation. And, you know, you talk about a GM, and a coach in uh, Miami, a GM and a quarterback in Miami, and the, and the coach is the one that's getting run out of town. Uh, I, I feel very similarly about the uh, Minnesota situation. And I, I'm not that big a Tua fan, but if at least Tua is young and controllable, and we don't know what he has the, you know, the ability to do yet with certain coaching, but man, to run your coach out of town, to be the GM and – move on from a coach. And, and, and I think they got rid of their GM in Minnesota as well. So it's take to go to the big three and whittle it down to just Kirk cousins. I wouldn't take the job if they offered it to me. They'd be like, we brought Joe Prano in for a second interview. I'd be like, my second interview is the same as my first. Get rid of the fucking nightmare. That is your quarterback situation. Or I have no inch. I will remain a co-host of the Dirty Sports Podcast. What about Nick Swartzen? Nick Swartzen. Vikings head as, coach. As Vikings coach. Yeah. What about Nick? 
I guess with the rumors of blindness, he could appreciate Kirk Cousins. I think that's the only way you can appreciate Kirk Cousins. Yeah. If you have vision issues. So we just talked about the Saints. Alvin Kamara arrested Pro Bowl weekend for a battery charge at a Las Vegas nightclub. You think the NFL is regretting this whole Vegas decision at all with the team and now the Pro Bowl? I don't know. I mean, it just seems to me like the nightclub situation is more like, I think you could go to Vegas. I think Vegas is fine. It's just wherever, wherever you let these guys go and hang out there, it's off season. This is not, this is not going to be the last NFL player in a nightclub assault we hear this offseason. Sure. Yeah, you're right. I just, I mean, we've seen a lot of things happen. I think the Pro Bowl, I mean, just the Pro Bowl, what a sham at this point. Like, what are we doing? I didn't, I didn't watch a second of it. I just saw clips. I mean, a full-on. I, I don't even understand. I don't even understand how the game is refereed. They were just blowing the whistle while guys were still up untouched and you're like how do you how did you just decide he was down like how well how did we do this yeah i don't know why it's a thing to be honest that's why i can't wait for the super bowl i'm stoked i'm really excited oh i'm i've never been more excited for a non-giant super bowl yeah it's gonna be fun well, Joe, uh, speaking of L.A. and the Super Bowl, L.A.-based furniture and rental company Furnish is taking a big bet on the Rams for this Super Bowl. Ah, oh, being a little homer with the home team, right? Yeah. Now, I know they're not technically the home team, but I think we all know they are the home team. Sure. Right? And uh, Furnish, I actually have some furniture from Furnish. Awesome furniture, rental, rent-to-own company. Like, you think about rental furniture, like just that term in your head, you think like grandma apartment. This is not that. I actually think their stuff is like hip, cool. They uh, they have, you know, they put together like a whole, there's a style plan for you and uh, they're LA based. So they're, they're essentially taking, giving you discounts for a Rams win. So Furnish is offering a tier discount of up to $1,000 off rentals on orders placed before Sunday's kickoff. The greater the Rams margin of victory, the greater the savings. It's $125 off for a Rams win with a spread that increases up to $1,000 if they win by 25 or more points. So again, this is all based on a Rams W and the points. So if the Rams win outright, you get $125 off. If the Rams win by four points, you get $250 off. If the Rams win by 11 points, $375 off. If the Rams win by 18 points, $500 off. And if the Rams blow out the Bengals and win by 25 points or more, you get $1,000 off. Orders need to be placed before kickoff on Sunday, and the discount will be applied starting March 1st, 2022. The Super Bowl is a home holiday like no other, and given Furnish was built to make people feel right at home, the company says it feels only right to roll out an offer that gives everyone a home field advantage. It's crucial to be comfortable 
at home at all costs. So Furnish is betting big. They can help make that happen and have a bit of fun along the way. Rent your furniture from Furnish for a minimum of two months, then return it, swap it out for something else, buy it or even rent to own. Free seven-day delivery, free assembly. Learn at F-E-R-N-I-S-H dot com. That's F-E-R-N-I-S-H dot com. Use code home team terms and conditions apply cool offer i think i might i might put in an order for more uh furnish furniture myself i mean like i can't think about think about all we've gone through andy with your with the couch and your the old smut couch yeah that's the kind of thing you buy it and then you're like i keep it way too long the only way to get rid of it is to axe it into pieces and sell it off to our fans. What sure. if you were able to just rent it? That'd be nice. And then the second you feel like, oh, you know what? I've had guy on couch sleeping on this for a week. Maybe it's time to return this and get a fresh look. Yeah. Mix it I up. love it. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited that we've partnered with Furnish. And, I, and I'm excited to hear about Dirt Balls spending some dough on it and uh, maybe getting some discounts for a Rams victory. That's right. You must also love that. I mean, you're obviously rooting hard for the Rams. I am. Yeah. The, the Dirty Sports Podcast at this point is basically full on the Rams bandwagon. You, me, Furnish, and on the on the opposite side, just Randy Ruther. Randy Ruther sitting tight. Randy Ruther is going to be going to have a new house after this. So this is a win win for him. He he could furnish a new house with Furnish. That's right. So LeBron really wants to play with Bronny. Have you seen this? I mean, this has been the uh, this has been the rumor for a long time, right? He's even willing to leave the Lakers. I mean, Bronny would be in the NBA at the earliest when. He's a junior now, right? So next year he'd be a senior, correct? The year after he would be a freshman, and then technically, the year after he could be in the NBA. We, I forget. Are we done? Can you go straight from high school to the NBA these days? I no. don't know either. After June of 2023. Yeah, so it'd be like June of 2023. Okay. So after next season, two seasons from now. I wonder how good he really is, though. Right. You know, he's got the numbers, but... Actually, no, I'm reading his dad's. I'm reading LeBron's numbers. Never mind. I was like, he's got yeah. the numbers. Those are LeBron's yeah. numbers. I'm LeBron leading the league in scoring in year 19. He wants that. He wants that Kareem record. He wants that career scoring record. He wants to be all done with the stuff so he can go out with a couple of games of Bronny on the same team. I mean, it would be a pretty cool story. that ever happened before i'm sure it has not there's no way and you know not to you know keep the goat people love to do the 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 goat conversation and bring up like the most insane things uh to to talk about michael jordan you know like hand checking and and days of rest and stuff like that but i remember michael jordan jr i think uh warming the bench at upenn 
I thought, did he go to UCF, University of Central Florida? Yeah, there was, was that, another one, I think. Another one. Yeah, I think there was another one of his kids. I think one of his kids went to Penn, UCF. I mean, if Bronny goes to the NBA, now he won't have to deal with hand checking. So it's a little bit of an easier path. All right, let's pull let's pull up Bronny James' stats. He's played seven games this year. Yeah, it's only February. Where's this last year's stats? I'm more interested in the uh in the old eye test, but I haven't watched any Bronny James games. I haven't either. Dang, he he's when, when did Brian James suddenly look like he's 25? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right around this time, probably junior year of high school. It's a good, it's a good leap. I got Brian James some of those Harry's razors. I mean, so, this story is like, I mean, if if LeBron sticks around, what are the I mean, what are the chances LeBron's a Laker? two full seasons from now anyway. Exactly. Uh, who knows? I mean, I guess if he keeps playing like this, the Lakers might be smart to like keep him. Are you they watching? Got a lot of, they got a lot of problems. Yeah. Are you watching any of these Winter Olympics? I am. So here's the thing. I'm glad you brought that up, Andy. Are you watching any of these Winter Olympics? So I put it on for the first time last night when I was on the treadmill. I put on skiing and no lie. I was so bored. Really? Were you watching the giant slalom that was on last night? Yeah. Yeah. First of all, there was multiple wrecks during that giant. Okay. Slalom. The wrecks I, I liked, but yeah, I'll be honest. And the announcers, I, I, I normally listen to the announcers. I muted that. I was like, I don't care what you guys had to say. Well, let me give you my tip and the tip for everybody out there. Who's maybe struggling to watch the winter Olympics, right? Smoke now. a bunch of weed first. Yeah, and also do what I'm doing. Bet heavily on things you know almost nothing about. I put in a bet yesterday. Now, I know there's a lot of different betting sites out there now. It's legal in different states and not legal in different states and what which places are. But try to do what I did. I am finding the weirdest, funnest Winter Olympics bet. Did you see that some uh, figure skater last night pulled off the first quadruple uh, in in Olympic history or something like that, the first quadruple jump. I found a bet that was just like, will somebody successfully land a quadruple jump? I was like, well, this is awesome. Bet that, hit it. It's great. I'm betting head to heads in bobsledding, in luging, in snowboarding. They'll just give you two people, and it's like, who's gonna finish higher? I can't even pronounce their names, but I go like, I'm gonna bet on this person, and then I just sit back. And I wait and win. I'm I'm doing cross sport parlays, biathlons and slaloms and luges. It's I mean it's the most fun I've ever had gambling. Is just doing three minutes of research on these athletes and then suddenly becoming the world's biggest Swedish giant slalom fan because I've got money on the line. Are you guys? Are you like watching this stuff? Yeah, because it's like we're we're in that we're in that week of we're in that weeks between the Super Bowl 
you know, the playoffs and the Super Bowl. We've got the Pro Bowl pretending to happen. You had Pebble Beach golf yesterday, which I, I also <laughs> I had a fun Pebble Beach and luge parlay. I mean, just going cross port parlays, just keep myself entertained until, until Thursday gets here and we can start doing prop bets and Super Bowl picks and all that. But I mean, I mean, it's throw a bet down on for first ever successful quadruple and then just watch them ladies figure skating. I don't even know what ice dancing is, but I have a couple hundred dollars riding on some ice dancing. Yeah, but see, I, I just, I don't know. It's tough, man. Like, like yesterday was the, so yesterday was the first Sunday without football since I think September 12th or 13th or something. And I was, I was out with my family. I just, I just like, dude, I don't really care. I don't know. It's tough for me. And, and also, you know, had to watch those, those Pam and Tommy episodes. Oh, you're, you're deep in the Pam and Tommy. How many, there, how many episodes are there? There's going to be eight, but it's Hulu. So they released the first three, and now it's every Wednesday. Man. I'm three in. I wish I could bet on the Pam and Tommy series. What's crazy? So I was watching it. Like I said, we were pretty much holed up. So I was watching with my girlfriend, and we're like, and I kept saying, how much of this is accurate? How much of this is accurate? You can fact check it. The first three episodes are wildly accurate, which I, I couldn't believe. Like I am, I was so ignorant to how they met, to how this all played out, how it was stolen. Like it, it's look, it's not, it's not a breaking bad series, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's entertaining. Yeah. It's you have good enough actors. It's, I don't know, man. It, it's uh, I think it's worth it. I'm excited to finish the next five, but Holy shit, man. It's wild. Like, like they didn't even know each. So basically, they, they take Rolling Stone had a big article from 2014, which is the premise for this show. And they basically take from that article, which is the viewpoint of the guy who stole the sex tapes, a disgruntled carpenter who was right. working in his house. And they also take from Tommy Lee's book. They didn't know any. They met in, in Mexico. They didn't know anything. Well, they met before that, but they didn't know anything. They were like flying home. And there's like a scene in the, I don't want to give away the show too much, but there's like a scene in this and it's basically straight out of Tommy Lee's book where like, we didn't know anything about each other after four days. We got married. We're flying home. And she's like, what's your favorite breakfast? I don't like, what's your favorite movie? Like we knew nothing. So this is what, this is where we're at right now. You're binging the Pam and Tommy Lee Hulu show. Yeah. And I am betting on female figure skating. And by the way, I should I should correct that. My it was the first quadruple in female figure skating. Oh, okay. History. Yeah, men have been doing it for a while, uh, but the first successful one in female. And I hit it, and it was and it was glorious. I mean, Andy, right now, I just wanted to tell you right now. This is the kind of things I got. the The winning margin of the Beijing men's giant slalom today. You can get plus 350 at zero, two, and including 0.14 seconds. So you're getting three, three and a half to one on it being a close race. You could do 0.3 to 0.44, get 400 to one. I mean, this is, uh, I mean, not 401, four to one plus 400. But you know me, I've been, I've been killing the playoffs, betting these close games. 
I'm just going to bet close men's giant slalom. So the, the, the Olympics goes through the 20th. I just looked it up. So there's still a couple more weeks. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. My site doesn't have the odds up yet for the men's half pipe. I want to put a little money down on, on the now long shot Sean White to win the half pipe. Not favored for probably the first time in his Olympic career. You remember when you and I got really baked and watched the Olympics? Was it summer or winter? Winter. It would have been 2014, pre-dirty or was this dirty sports? Yeah, it would have been dirty sports. Okay. I don't remember, but I, I came over. Got really Ooh. baked. Back what did we watch? Uh, we were watching uh <laughs> We're watching curling. You were, you know, what we were watching. Uh, not long jump. What's it called? Where they they the the ski jump. Yeah, yeah. And, I love the ski jump. And that's when I was doing those Vine voiceovers. The Andy Ruther Vine game. And the guy crashes, and I'm like, I'm like doing some dorky <laughs> voice, like about a ballad. Oh, and I fell. Like, like it was so bad. And we were just all, I guess one of those things where like, I'm taking naps on the couch. Like, I know you're, I know you're not on in the social media game anymore, but I feel, I feel like the Andy Ruther voice sports voiceover does, does at the dirty sports need a TikTok account. I refuse to do TikTok. You can do it. I just, I don't even want to jump into anything else. I can't, can't do it. I mean, have at it. I am growing to like Reddit, I will say, because Reddit can actually have discussions, right? Sure. You can like have that's where girlfriend gate first really got its legs going, you know? Yeah. I, well, I just you, you can like you can go back and forth with somebody in what I would deem a cordial manner because you have the characters and I don't think it's too caustic as like twitter would be by the way peng shui is back that's good we're talking about the where Olympics. is she andy well she resurfaced uh over the weekend once again at this point it's basically known that the ioc the international olympic committee is definitely like under Chinese control, I would argue, because they're like they're acting like everything's fine, too. Well, I'm so, just excited that it happened today and you're breaking this news to me. But, you know, I bet uh, over under Valentine's Day for the resurfacing of Peng Shui. I mean, I'm deep in the Olympic gambling game at this point. OK, so the IOC, Peng Shui is officially returned. Yeah. So the IOC president, Thomas Bach, said he met with Miss Peng on Saturday. In his first face to face meeting, obviously, the I was obviously the Olympics are in China, so this is all coming back. Uh, saying, uh, the IOC released a statement on the matter, but they did not mention the controversy. I mean, you have to love this. Wait, wait, so you so you met with her, but you're not even discuss what's happening. So, and how you been? <laughs> the announcement also came in tandem with the publication of an exclusive interview that she did with the French sports daily La Equipe. 
a day earlier. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. I don't know French in Beijing. So she had a one hour conversation. You're going to love this. She had a one hour conversation with two French journalists. So what's going on? (laughs) She reiterated that she had never accused anyone of sexual assault. She said, I never disappeared. Everyone could see me. But you'll love this. I just like saying that, even though I'm butchering it. Noted in its article that Wang Kang, chief of staff for the Chinese Olympic Committee, was present for the entire duration of the interview. Yeah. I've never been threatened. (laughs) Wang Kang. Also, its questions have been submitted in advance. I mean, come on, guys. Why are we even talking about this? Yeah. She's sitting there with a Chinese Olympic Committee chief of staff. The questions were submitted in advance, and she's saying, nothing ever happened to me. I've always been around. And she's definitely not coming back to play tennis. Those days are behind her now. In the interview, she wasn't even explicitly asked about her understanding of sexual assault or coerced sex from her earlier claims. But here's what I love from the IOC. I love that they're not even talking about the the thing that made her disappear. Yeah. Guys, that's not really important right now. Just like, how are you? What's going on? Listen to this. You'll love this one, too. Asked at a regular news briefing about whether the IOC believed Miss Peng was sexually assaulted and whether she was speaking freely, Mr. Bach, again, the president of the IOC. Oh, no, no, no. IOC spokesman Mark Adams said, we are a sports organization. I don't think it's for us to be able to judge. Just it's not for you to judge either. So now the IOC isn't even commenting Dude, again, the Women's Tennis Association is the only one with balls in this situation. They gave up like ironically. A, yeah. They give up like one sixth of what they earn by giving up those tournaments in China. One sixth, almost 20%. They have been willing to give that up. The Women's Tennis Association is the only one with nuts. Not the IOC, not anyone else. I mean, who are these reporters from the equip? So uh, what'd you have for breakfast today, Miss Schwang? Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. But anyway, that's our Peng Schwang update. Uh, Peng Shui. <laughs> you just gave her the Schwang because we were talking so much about Wang Kang, which is understandable. Uh, can you imagine somebody sitting over you while you're giving an interview? Somebody who literally can be responsible for killing you. You're just like, oh, no, nothing happened. I didn't I didn't tweet that, uh, but you did. I know I didn't. So that is uh, that's our update from there. Do you want to get to uh, some dirtball calls? Let's do it before we do that, Joe. Ooh, yeah. We've referenced it a few times. Uh, 
you know, I'm in a relationship now. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's very important as you would agree. And I think most dirtballs would agree. It's important to discuss our relationships with a professional, right? Because like all relationships, you're always going to encounter some bumps in the road. Not that I had any of those this weekend, you know, my first, uh, four day weekend with Milady, you know, so, you know, sometimes there's bumps in the road and luckily you can talk to somebody at Talkspace guys. There's not a better app out there to speak with a licensed therapist 24 seven. If you're dealing with any sort of problems in your relationships, personal problems, you're trying to cope with the team that you used to root for. Then you shunned making the Super Bowl like me. There are licensed therapists out there to help make that work. And they're all over at Talkspace. So join with attending the Super Bowl the day before uh, Valentine's Day, you know, Super Bowl Valentine's Day back to back. Guys, write down our Talkspace code. (laughs) Yeah, you really. I mean, this really couldn't be a better time to talk to a professional because uh, I think we're all going to need a lot of advice in the next week. So join Talkspace today and start the journey to a happier, healthier relationship. Just visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code DIRTY at sign up. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code DIRTY. Okay, we have... uh, we have some calls today, as always. 310-359-8365. The first call is about a Ruth or Curse thing that we've all... It's funny. They're like slowly trickling in a good one that we forgot. So I'm going to play this. I'm going to use the bathroom real quick, but uh, I'm going to play this out. Hey, guys. Ryan Clagg calling in from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Now, there's been a lot of talk about the Ruther curse, obviously, with the Bengals making it to the Super Bowl. And you guys were going through some of the biggest Ruther curses of all time. But I want to remind you of my personal favorite one, and likely Tug Coker's as well. Let's go back to right before the 2019 Masters Tournament. Andy Ruther says on the show that Tiger Woods has no chance of winning the Masters. And he might have even gone as far as saying that everyone else in the field has a chance to win except for Tiger. And what happens? <laughs> Fucking Tiger wins his first major in 11 years and his first major when trailing after three rounds. So just incredible, incredible work by the Ruther Curse. And yes, I'm a Tiger stand, and I know you guys have raised some great points about how we shouldn't like him, but what can I say? I'm nostalgic for him, like a lot of people, and I own that. But uh, uh, also, side note, if you haven't watched the Tiger documentary on HBO, do so. It does not hold back, especially on his father, who is a real fuck scumbag. But anyways, that's all for me. And condoms are for the MILF talk guests. Wow, what a throwback. What an what an absolute throwback. He goes, condoms are for the MILF talk guest. Oh, it's great, right? What well, I was like, condoms are for what? Then I remembered. That was the uh wasn't that the Philip Rivers? Wasn't there Philip Rivers boobs bet going on in that? Like Yeah, she lost the bet and had to send uh a boob picture 
and then put Philip Rivers pasties over it or something like that. Over her nipples. Wild. The dirty sports history. But yeah, that was a good, you know. I mean, some would say that my uh you know, stance on Tiger Woods all these years, absolutely shredded by the Ruther curse. The only reason we're still talking about Tiger Woods, anybody's still talking about Tiger Woods, besides the people that are just obsessed and whatever, is that because Andy Ruther cursed the rest of the Masters field, and Tiger Woods managed to get a 2019 Masters win. The Ruther curse is unbelievable. I mean, just don't say anything about Tiger Woods at this point because it seems like Tiger Woods is done, done from here on out. So don't go, don't go giving him one last glimmer of hope, Andy. I just want to know what really happened. The curiosity factor. Yeah. I still need to watch the thing on HBO as well. I it's assume, pretty good. Yeah. I've heard. All right. We've talked a lot about gambling. Here's a call for you. Great. JT from Jersey here, quick hitter. Um, how does Vegas set lines so fucking well all the time? And do you think there's any chance that uh, Vegas and NFL are paired up and they're just fucking botching games left and right just to hit the line? Um, you know, what am I missing here? Like, what is in the water in Vegas? that they can just do all this shit all perfectly. I don't know, guys. Condoms are for Bartnick. So how do they set the lines? It is pretty remarkable. Um, So basically what happens, and there's a great book I read years ago called The Odds uh, that talks about, I believe it's the guys. Oh, man, I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to forget which casino it is. But there's one guy who is like, there's one sports book who kind of sets the original line. And then it all happens after that. Everybody, everybody, like every, you know, uh, sports book has, you know, a guy um, and they're all probably in the same realm, but there's one there and and maybe it's changed over the years, but there was always one spot that kind of like led because, so here's the thing, the, the way big gamblers make their money is by uh, big handicappers make their line in their head and then they wait for the Vegas line to come out. That's why you see the the lines move a lot very quickly, will change, and then don't usually change that much throughout the week, although if they do, it tends to be public money. But the, the, the big gamblers with the big bankrolls are the ones who move the line immediately because let, let's say a game is like, you know, the Super Bowl came out at three and a half or whatever, and the Sharps have it at four and a half. They immediately, before the line can move at all, go and put $100,000 bets on the Rams, you know? And that those big bets that come in immediately are what move the lines. So to answer the question um, as best I can is, first of all, there's incredible handicappers out there who make the line. Now, obviously we've seen Super Bowls with lines that were way off. We've seen huge games with lines with way off. And, and like, so it's not a perfect science, but what tends to happen is 
those handicappers get pretty close to the right number. And then the handicappers, the, the great handicappers that are working on their own, fix that number themselves within the first couple of minutes. So when you get the line uh, the day after the AFC and NFC championship game, when you look at that line last Monday, it's already been adjusted slightly in the right direction. So now when you go back and look at, oh man, the, this game came in right at the exact number. Uh, it's like, yeah, because they were off by a point, but then it got adjusted. But but are they are they the initial line? Are, is there some sort of mathematical formula that they're putting in to say like that? Like the the Super Bowl opened. I want to say most betting places around like three and a half, right? Right. Where where are they get coming to that three and a half point number? That's just handicapping. That's just somebody who's looking at all the information they've had of all these teams, the matchup, whatever. And, you know, stay, that's how handicappers who work for casinos lose their job is they go like, oh, three and a half. And then huge bettors come in that first day are like, oh, we have it at seven. So if you see a line move in the first couple of days, that that's when, you know, casinos lose lots of money. But the 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 strategy for a handicapper as well, especially somebody who works at a casino. They have to consider public money. They have to consider when a team like the Patriots or the Cowboys or the Giants or whoever are in a game that or the Raiders, whoever, you know, these big popular teams that they're trying to get balanced uh, money on, on both sides. So they have to consider, hey, we got to go a little bit more uh, a line in one direction to lure people who are not fans of this team onto the other side of this line. Because we know no matter what, Cowboys fans are coming in and betting on the Cowboys. So there's a lot to process, which is why it is remarkable how often it comes in. Like the spread's two and a half and it's a two-point game. Or it's like a three-point game, but they missed the, the extra point and it's a two-point game. You're like, dude, this is basically like a two and a half point spread. It's amazing. I don't think it's like, I don't know how it would be possible to, to like fix it. to fix games to a to a point spread other than to say like when in doubt if you're a ref like know that this is what the spread is and like let this happen or don't let this happen i just think these days with all the information and also with the um like you used to be able to fix sporting events because an nba player made $20,000 so if you were like oh I'll just pay him $50,000 to blow this game. Then it's easy. But now with all these athletes making millions and millions and millions of dollars, they're making more than, you know, big time gamblers. So yeah. how, how do you convince them to fix games? I mean, there's probably something in there that, that can be adjusted ever so slightly. And I'm sure the NFL is in cahoots with, you know, refs and, and I'm sure for so long, the NFL pretended it didn't know gambling existed, but I think we all know that the whole time the NFL is very aware what the Super Bowl line is and very aware of the gambling that was going on on the game. So I think to answer the question, I don't think it's that fixed. And I just think that it's remarkable handicappers on both sides of the betting window. Remarkable handicappers working in casinos and remarkable handicappers that see the problem with the line in the first 10 minutes 
because I mean, I'm sure Brant has talked about this. Like, I think that was one of his games was like being a runner. So it's a guy sitting there with like a hundred thousand dollars in a suitcase waiting for the line to go up, calling a handicapper and being like, they just put it up at four and a half and being like, put it all on this team. And therefore in that first five minutes, when some guy drops a suitcase full of money on you, you're like, Oh mate, maybe we fucked up. Yeah. You know, maybe we should bring this line down a little bit, try to lure a hundred thousand dollars of public money on the other side. So, um, I just think it's remarkable handicappers working kind of against each other, but also together in a way. Yeah. It is insane how close they are. On this but also we have Super Bowls. We've had, we've had 14 point Super Bowls that, you know, the, the, the underdog won. Sure. And, 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 and Vegas has taken a beating on, you know? Well, here's a, here's an interesting call. Uh, I'll be curious if you have an answer for this. Hey, Dairy Sports, this is MK from the 2030, hopefully, uh, NBA champion, Houston Rockets. Um, I love key lime pie. And when I go to, and the only time I seem to get key lime pie is usually at a seafood restaurant. Like, key lime pie isn't everywhere. You know, I, when I want a pie, I want a good key lime pie. So my question is, what would, is a, uh, a good, a good food that you like that usually isn't at a restaurant, but you know, should be at every restaurant. All right. Um, have a great day. Bye. McKay, our old buddy from uh, Houston that we went to the, the Stroh's game with a few years yeah. ago. So this is an, I think this is an interesting question. Like an item at a restaurant or item that should be at more restaurants that we like, that you're like, why don't, why isn't this on more menus? Yeah. I don't know what the relation of key lime pie to like, like you said, seafood restaurants. I haven't even ever put that together. You know what I mean? But obviously restaurants uh, have a style. You're not going to be like, I think a cheeseburger should be on every menu. And then I go to a sushi place and there's no fucking cheeseburgers, you know? But I think, so here's, here's what my answer is. And this may be a little bit off of uh, what do you say? I think regardless of the style of restaurant, Every restaurant should have soup. Every restaurant should have a soup. I love soup. I, I hate soup. What? I always you hate soup. I hate soup. It's not a meal. What do you? What is that even? Well, first of all, no one's saying it's a meal. I mean, for, it can be a meal. Like I would put soup probably last on my list. Last of, of what? Like things to eat. Last, dead last. I eat soup uh, in the winter. Three or four days a week. Never been a soup guy. I love soup. I'm a soup stan. I love ramen. I love pho. I love French onion soups. I like nah, chowders. No, nah, nah. like give me, give me, give me. It's not food. Like a, give me food. Like noodle soup. Give me food. I mean, I'm sure you eat pasta with chicken occasionally, right? Sure, of course. Put it in some broth. Now you have chicken noodle soup, bro. No, man. It's just not my thing. I think every restaurant, regardless of style, should have a soup. And burritos. Even if they're the kind of place that's like, listen, I'm I'm for a soup of the day. But also, I think you should have a standard. Be like, listen, we know people are going to come here. I want some soup. Like, we should have one soup. Every place should have a burrito. <laughs> regardless of, of type of restaurant. I don't care. Give me a goddamn burrito. I love burritos. 
about French fries? I mean, almost every place could do a fry. I, I feel like the answer too is like in the desserts. Desserts seem to be like culinary. Like, yeah, I could see going with like a pie. I mean, chocolate key lime cake. pie. Yeah. Ice cream. Chocolate cake, man. I'm going with soup. I understand your rationale. It makes sense. It makes sense. Every type of culinary thing has a soup. Give me a soup. Oh, no. I want to go eat soup right now. I knew you would say that. My neighbor, she, she'll leave me food. She's real nice. She like left me a soup a few weeks ago. I wanted to throw it at her house. Like, Give me something real next time. I'm leaving soup in my front door. I mean, also a soup as an appetizer, glorious. I always want to eat more. Well, I'm I'm saying maybe soup's not your entire meal. I mean, it can be. That's why it's soup got, and sandwich. Yeah, but then you got to eat a lot of soup. You know, ramen is a meal, but that's like there's a lot that goes into that soup. You know what I mean? But listen, I go to a pub, a little French onion. And that burger, I go to a pub, get a little chowder and a steak. Let's go. But you're just proving my point. You got to like eat something else with. Well, McKay didn't say that you should go to restaurants and be like, what would you like for your entree, sir? And it's like key lime pie. (laughs) I'll take this, the soup and a pie. I'm not a fan of key lime pie either. I love key lime pie. No, if I'm going to do pies, that's like last on my list. What's higher? What, like, what do you got? I love key lime pie. Dude, come on. Pumpkin pie, apple pie. Pumpkin pie is an exclusive, you know, fall slash. No, it's not. That's not true. Thanksgiving dessert. I'm not eating some summer ass pumpkin pie. I need summer ass pumpkin pie. Apple pie. Overrated. All time. Overrated. It's dessert. not overrated. I'm a big fan of like, like a, like a, like a cream pie, like a chocolate. We know, we know. cream pie, Andy. This is, this is now we're, this, we were bookends on this uh, podcast. That was the original pre dent head. That was your nickname. You know, uh, God, what was that dirt ball? He sent me a shirt. This is like the Peng Shui thing. I'm like, wait, you spent four days with your girlfriend and cream pie. Andy didn't even come up. I don't know. Was Kang Shuang watching you from the other room, making sure you didn't bring it up? Oh, <laughs> uh, Kang Shuang. We did fall down a, a rabbit hole watching some old dirty sports stuff. She became obsessed with Goldberg. <laughs> she saw a video. She's like, who is this guy? Imagine getting left for Goldberg. She's like, who is this guy? Where does he live? Okay, so somebody called in from Arizona named Tyler. Now, we thought it was. I uh, knew it wasn't. I knew it wasn't. I, and I was too, too much was going on, but well, I, knew I didn't know. voice was too high pitched. I didn't know. We thought it. Now, Randy Ruther is related to Tyler from Arizona. Tyler and McCoy. I, Tyler McCoy. And I wasn't sure. So now Tyler is calling in to stake his throne Tyler Randy Ruther's cousin is now calling to stake his claim as the Tyler from Arizona correct 
Hello, Andrew and Joseph. It is the real Tyler from Arizona Dirtball, the real Dirtball who is Randy Ruther's cousin, the one who has seen Joe Prano live and in person multiple times, been to a spring training Dirtball meetup, and, uh, you know, has gone out drinking with and you guys golf. a couple times. It's come to my attention that there is another Tyler from Arizona who called in last time and was mistaken for me. This Tyler from Arizona is an imposter. There's obviously only room for one Tyler from Arizona in the Dirtball fam, and I challenge imposter, inferior Tyler, to anything. Do we want to do a round of Dirtball Jeopardy? Does Chabelli know style? Do we want to do, I don't know, a pick'em? Do we want to do hand-to-hand combat? Do you want me to play this guy in Tiger Woods PGA Tour 13 on the Nintendo Wii? I'll do whatever it takes to prove that I am the one and only Tyler from Arizona Dirtball, that I am Randy Ruther's cousin, and that there's only one room for one of us in the Dirtball fan, Matt. You can be Ty from Arizona. You can be Tyler from Nevada. But no, I'm Tyler from Arizona. I'm Randy Ruther's cousin. I'm, as Odell Beckham says, I'm him. That's all I got to say, boys. Tyler, if you're a man, take me up on my challenge. Uh, stay dirty, boys. Wow. So he's saying there can only be one Tyler from Arizona. Yeah. I like how he offered him just Ty. He was like, you can be Ty from Arizona. Why can't we have two Tyler? I guess technically you could be Lur from Arizona too. That'd be weird, but. Why can't we have two Tyler's from Arizona? Because this town's only big enough for one of us. I think you I like it. I, li- I like I like these kind of dirtball beefs. Speaking of dirtball beefs, again, down the dirty sports rabbit hole, saw the video of he who not, shall not be named against uh, Alex from Kentucky. Remember they had a beef? Yeah, when there was a video of it. Oh yeah, I was laughing for sure. They should have bombed bonded over their love of Tennessee sports. I mean, he who shall not be named is still waiting for the Mike Conley, uh, Mark <laughs> Gasol championship run he predicted in 2015. That ran and, off, and yeah, and. uh uh, what was his name from from uh, Alex from Kentucky? And Alex from Kentucky is still waiting for who he believes in Ryan Tannehill to be rightfully crowned the Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> you remember? Uh, remember he would he would lip sync those Justin Bieber videos? Yeah. I'm hearing rumors that Aaron Rodgers to Tennessee. Oh yeah, there's a lot. I, I saw that on your boy Pat McAfee's show because they were they were pushing uh um what's his name AJ Hawk on uh, Aaron Rodgers buying a little real estate there and what does it mean? Is that I mean, first of all, what a move, right? That would be that'd be a great move. I mean, talk about it. you wouldn't want to go to the AFC. That's where you want to go in the AFC. It would that that, that Staying, division go to the AFC South. Go to a team that was the one seed. You got quarterback weapons. away with weapons. With a, and a defense. With a defense. With a good coach. Yeah, that's the move. That is for sure the move. No state no state income tax in Tennessee either. It's a, it's a football and financial move right there. 
Imagine, imagine that conference. Clay, Clay Travis is a big Titans fan. He's got he'll have a new podcast to share all his anti-vax stuff. I mean, it's it seems like a perfect fit for the guy. I think Tennessee's a beautiful state. I mean, I would love that. He's growing out that country crooner hair, you know, throw on a Stetson, start playing the acoustic guitar. Where would you put them if they got Aaron Rodgers? Like right there. I mean, they were the one seed this year. That's what I'm saying. They were the one seed in the AFC. Everybody, the AFC's loaded. The AFC's loaded. The AFC's loaded. They were the one seed. Yeah. With Ryan Tannehill, who I'm not even shitting on. Yeah. But he's not Aaron Rodgers. It'd be crazy if they got him. I'm all for it. 310-359-8365. That's the hotline. Thanks for the calls. We can do a couple more. I know there's a couple about me and the Bengals. I'll save those for Super Bowl preview. Okay. I like it. Follow us on Twitter and the Instagram at the Dirty Sports. You can follow me on all social media at Joe Prano, except for Twitter, where I am Fix Your Life. Uh, this week, uh, this Wednesday, uh, the, the new Venice Underground show um, I'll be at. And then uh, Friday, uh, Grand Comedy Club and Escondido for a couple of shows this weekend. See it. See it. So fi. See it. Super Bowl next week. Uh, hit the road again with Eddie Ift. Uh, we got Thursday, Friday in Rosemont, Illinois at Zanies. Saturday at the Chicago Zanies. Sunday at the Milwaukee Improv. And then all those dates and more going out into uh, April, I believe, on JoePrano.com. So check those out. Awesome. All right, guys, that is our show. As always, big thanks for everyone who listens. See you Thursday. And as always, stay dirty.